0: The following episode of the Carnival of Randomness is sponsored by an important message to you, the people, from Upsetnik and Associates. Every day there are forces that are taking from you, stealing from you, your money, your time, your freedom. Immense faceless corporations, banks, credit card companies, insurance providers, government agencies, this list goes on and on. When you are under attack and facing crisis, turn to us, Upsitnik & Associates, attorneys for you, the people. When every day becomes a battle, we can advise and assist. We have been advocates for 40 years. Email us through UpsitniksLaw.com or call us at 1-866-391-3299 or reach out to us through Upsitnik & Associates on Facebook for a prompt, no obligation, communication, and consultation. Don't be pushed around.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness. I'm Rob, and Zach's somewhere over there, aren't you? I'm over here. I'm down uh, the end. You may know, listening to this, that I'm very passionate about the local music scene. You obviously know all the musicians we have on here. It's amazing. There's a song called Slackjawed and Trout Mouth that the High-Rises play, and Greg Townsend told me the story behind his Bill Kirchin heard the and said, you guys make me feel Slackjawed and Troutmouth, and... He would always say, Rochester, you have to appreciate the kind of music we have here because not a lot of places have bands. Every Literally, you could probably go out every night around here and see something. And one of the things for that, finally, we are honoring these musicians with our Hall of Fame here. And we have people behind the Rochester Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The big ceremony is coming up in a couple weeks, and so we're going to talk about that, a little bit of history. So we have our guests this week, and we have over to my left, which you can't see because we're not on the anything we we're see. are not on the TV. Is uh, Ken Colombo, and then we have Bruce Pilato. Hello, hello. And Jerry Felzone. Howdy. Good and morning. Now, how did this all come about, the idea of starting this the Rochester
2: Hall of Fame? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were there.
2: Well, actually, I, can't, I, I wasn't at the very beginning. There was a kind of an exploratory committee that uh, festered around for a couple of years, trying to get it off the ground, and then uh, I think it was around 2011 or so, um, the nucleus of the of the board that we have now came together. And they, um, you know, Carl LaPorta was was the guy who put it all together. And he brought in a guy named Jack Whittier, who is now our president. And, you know, they were able to uh, get a pretty good group of people. I know Jerry came in, I think, after the first year, maybe the second year. I think
3: I, I, I started volunteering in the second year and came in on the fourth year that I actually became a member of the board
2: right so they you know they I got approached by Jimmy Richmond who's a local musician who plays uh, primetime funk and he, he said Bruce we, we need you to get involved in this thing called the Rochester Music Hall of Fame because I had you know I had a pretty good career as a, you know in the music business I had uh, worked initially as a music journalist writing for Variety and USA Today and Rolling Stone and all that stuff and then I worked I did a thing called the King Biscuit Flower Hour which was a a live broadcast uh, concert thing that ran nationally, and I worked uh, on a lot of record label uh, compilations for Rhino and people like that. I did 50 box sets. And so I knew quite a few people, and I had gotten into management. I was working at the time with Emerson, Lake, and Palmer and some of those groups, and I had worked with Ringo Starr and a whole bunch of people like that. So he said, could you, you know, could you get involved? I said, well, you know, I'm pretty active in the Grammy organization, and I've been involved in the Grammy Awards since 1989. And I said, if you guys want to do this, I'll get involved under one condition. You've got to do it the right way. I mean, you know, I'm not interested in being involved in an organization that's just going to, you know, go to some little kind of dinky club and, you know, give out some kind of paper award or something. I mean, mean, if you want to raise some sponsors and do it the right way and have it at a place like the Eastman Theater... I'll get involved. And that was kind of my criteria for it. Um, fortunately, everybody was thinking the same way. And Jack was able to get some initial funding, which was really great, which got us off the ground. And uh, we had our first event in 2012 where we inducted Chuck Jones and Gene Cornish of the Rascals and uh, um, Joe English, uh, Joe English uh, uh, Jeff Tysick, and um, uh, Dord Anthony, who was a... 91-year-old flautist who had been in the Boston Philharmonic. And one of the things I have to correct you on is you called it the Rochester Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's actually the Rochester Music Hall of Fame. Yeah, I found that out because I kept trying to Google Rochester yeah. Rock and Roll I Hall I do. Of I made the, the same it's like, no, mistake. No, it's this
1: one. I admit Fine. I made the same mistake with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I yeah. did that you as well. You call
3: them the Rochester Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but well, what's, what's interesting
2: about it is that, you know... <laughs> we do get some criticism from people around town. Well, you haven't done this band, and you haven't done that band, and you haven't done this rock guy, and it's like, wait a minute, guys. You know, we're doing classical musicians, jazz musicians. You know, we we found a home at the Eastman. I mean, they've they've uh, they started working with us in the beginning with the, uh, renting us the theater at a great rate, and you know we've had this really great event, which is a a black tie. You know. Uh, very classy event first class uh, absolutely. yeah and um, you know through my connections and through the connections of some of the other people you know we brought in incredible guests we had Paul Schaefer uh, who played uh, to honor uh, Lou Soloff of Blood, Sweat and Tears uh, I was able to get the original singer David Clayton Thomas actually the original singer was Al Cooper but uh, oh, that's right <laughs> but uh, I got David Clayton Thomas in and you know they did a whole medley of BS and T songs and you know, we—I was able to assemble, uh, I think, four of the original James Brown guys when we did uh, Pee Wee Ellis. We had uh, Maceo Parker and Fred Wesley. So, anyways, uh, you know, the whole idea is to give people a, a really great event that honors Rochester and the people that lived here and came out of here. Not necessarily lived here all their life, but had some Rochester experience. That was in, in most cases at least a year. Uh, you know, a lot of them are Eastman people who were here for three or four years.
1: Well, Tony Levin went there,
2: didn't he? No? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, Tony, Tony Levin, was,
0: Ron
1: Carter. I mean, well, about 500 albums he's played on oh, God, now, yeah. I think it's,
0: it's amazing the amount of albums that guy has been on. Yeah, I mean, well, what he a did, talent he is. did the last recording
2: session with John Lennon the night he was shot. Yeah. He was going to go oh,
1: on tour with them, I guess. If yeah, they were going to tour, yeah. he was going to play
2: with them. Right. So, you know, we've just tried to take it to that level and... Uh, Last year, it kind of uh, eclipsed with uh, Gad and Levin, who we kind of inducted together because they had done so much together. And um, I called Paul Simon's office, never thinking he would come to Rochester, just saying, could we get a video from you that we'll show, you know, before they're inducted? And uh, and then I had to explain what it was and what we were doing. And his uh, assistant, Juanita, called me back and said, Paul wants to know if he can come up and play there.
4: Oh, I, think what people don't,
1: cool. I think what people don't realize is, being musicians, they realize how important having quality behind them is. And maybe people who just listen to like a Brian Wilson, like Pet Sounds or something, don't realize the wrecking crew or anybody, that there are people behind the scenes that might not get as much attention, but they're putting the music
2: together. Well, people have no idea how much Al Jardine did for that band. Oh, I mean, okay. he, he doesn't get much credit at all, but he found the song Sloop John B, which was a top 10 hit for the Beach Boys, came to him from the Kingston Trio, and he was into folk music. And he arranged the song and said, hey, guys, why don't we do this? And it ended up being, uh, you know, one of three big singles off Pet Sounds. Um, so anyways, we, you know, we get into that. But I, Jerry can kind of elaborate on maybe uh, what we've done with some of the local people and how we're trying to embrace those people.
3: Oh, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, we, we've uh, actually done a lot. I'm One of the... Before we even get into the induction part of it, um, I think we counted well over two hundred musicians that have played on on the Eastman stage with the Hall of Fame, and um, maybe thirty of them were people that weren't from Rochester. So we'll we'll hit people from, you know, from the rock and roll side of Rochester, classical musicians from Rochester, certainly a lot of jazz musicians, but then we've also inducted people who had a very very strong ties. So Chuck Mangione for one. Gapman Joni for another, Batten uh, Don, were, were two other ones. And these are people that actually made their career in Rochester before, before going out and, and really making a lot of noise in different, uh, different genres of music. So the things that the people that we've honored in, in this market has been pretty, pretty incredible in the way that we've been able to bring a lot of people um, who are still out there being your local gigging musicians. On that stage, and um, just getting them exposed to a large audience has been phenomenal. We also inducted um, the Penny Arcade. A lot of a lot of radio people, like uh, Jack Palvino, Nick Nixon, uh, Uncle Roger. And when we did Uncle Roger, we had an all-star band come in. All people that played from the Penny Arcade. Some people from my band was were in that, which I was really. Really proud of because you know Roger had been such a great friend to all the local bands while he was alive, and, and it was just a wonderful thing to be able to uh, to honor him in that way with people that I know he would have loved to have on stage.
1: Roger was I knew Roger he was just a sweet man. He He's just a wonderful did so guy. Much, and literally we were talking I think the last time I saw him was actually at a Ramones concert at U of R, and he was bragging about Van Halen's Fifty One Fifty album of all things. He said he liked it. <laughs> last time I saw him was at Macy's. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's, but I guess one thing, one of my only personal stories is my mom used to play bingo with Gene Cornish's mom, so I got Gene Cornish drilled into me about how good he was.
5: I, was good. The, 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 there was a story that uh, Paul Simon's people had, had called up, and they wanted to know, and maybe Bruce or Jerry can, can help me out with this. Who's going to be backing him at the at the show, and what's the band, and you know, they wanted to know the caliber of the band that was going to be. Uh, you know, and, and back of uh, Paul Simon and, and the songs and so on.
2: <laughs> I sent him a link to the website for Primetime Funk and he he loved the band. And I said, look, uh, I think he said, I'm going to do two songs, 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover and uh, Late in the Evening, because those were the two songs that those two guys played on. Yeah. And, you know, that drum intro at the beginning of 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover, I mean, the story behind that is, that uh, uh, you know, Gad was in the military Marine Band and that was one of their exercises. So, he got bored watching Paul Simon trying to figure out how to start the song, and he went in a room and started doing his drum exercises. Paul Simon was walking down the hallway to go to the men's room and heard this drum thing and said, what is that? And he goes, oh, I used to play that in the military band. So, these are all great stories that come it, out. When it's we, amazing. It how does sound like it. Yeah. No, you you yeah. hear the, the, bang, the, the drums. Wasn't it, just, it was just
1: Steve's birthday, too, I think.
2: Yeah, it was just bit. the other day, yeah. And... Uh, and so, anyways, he calls up and uh, I gave him the link for Primetime Funk, and he said, "Wow, these guys are really good." Uh, and Juanita, his assistant, calls back and she says, uh, "Late in the uh, late in the evening, key of F, and 50 ways to leave your lover, key of G, or you know, <laughs> whatever." <laughs> and it, that was it. He goes, "Like mm-hmm. I said, well, do you need to talk to the musical director?" "No, no, no, they'll be good. I'm not worried about it." Boom. But th- you know, and, and then they came, and they not- they killed it. They killed it
1: that night. What's amazing, too, is just around here is the diversity of the music, yeah. too, because you can go from this, all the way from Sunhouse to the Plasmatics,
3: who are yeah. a little... Which yeah. we did. Yeah,
2: Yes. The, uh,
1: it's just amazing. Wendy, though.
2: Wendy, we did. Yeah. She, she would, I, I don't
3: it. think there are very many communities in the country that have the depth <coughs> of music that Rochester does. But, there, no. There's some that have, you know, more. You know, certainly New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago, Nashville, you know, they've got a lot more but the absolute depth of talent that we have for a city our size—I mean, we're we're so far beyond cities that are a lot bigger. I would tell than this story. Too.
1: A friend of mine moved to Atlanta. I think Atlanta, big metropolitan city. He would just say, "Rob, there's nothing. You could go around here. All the music. There's nothing down here. No well, local big, rap, big yeah.
2: rap scene in in Atlanta, but the the music scene is not what it used yeah. to be. And um,
0: that's what you said about cities. You know, if it's a big city, you're going to have a lot more people. So yeah, you're going to have more things. But yeah, like you say, for a smaller city like Rochester, I would think what, maybe second, third tier city, population wise, to put out the amount of people. I think we're the forty
2: eighth largest market in the country. That's that's and to put out is
0: the calib the not only the caliber but the multitude of people. That Rochester has is pretty impressive.
2: Well,
5: the Eastman has a
2: lot to do with
0: well, that. Oh, right. Absolutely. I mean,
2: you know, that's uh, I mean,
5: there's
0: some big Eastman alumni.
5: Well, well real no, big no, names. I'm gonna jump in on this because not only are there some big Eastman alumna, alumni, which is true, I spend a lot of time at the Eastman on a weekly basis. And, uh, I'll be there today. The shows, the recitals, all these pieces that the kids have to put on uh, as a matter of their scholastic studies. Uh, are phenomenal and I'm here to tell you that the shows that I've seen and the kids that I've gotten to know um, are phenomenal we will see in in years to come the the, the, the fodder is is there for uh, more Hall of famers uh, in the Rochester market from stuff that's going on right now um,
2: Jerry uh, why don't you tell them about our lower reward because that I think thats a yeah, really perfect
5: helps. segue
3: well that yeah the Lowry reward is uh it, it was uh established a few years ago, and Gibson funded it for quite a while, and now we're uh, actually raising money to fund it, but uh, what that is is every year we hold auditions for seniors in high school who are going on to study music in college, and um, we'll select two of them. They'll each get an award, a cash award, and they also get to perform on the Eastman stage uh, doing whatever it is that they do. We've had so many just wonderful people. We had a cellist. Uh, we had a guy who did a whole lot of looping um, with a guitar, Sam Nitsch. Yeah. Uh, just wonderful. So, uh, to me, it's one of the highlights of the night is to be able to watch these these kids who are really phenomenal um, out there just playing their hearts out because it's probably one of the, the first times they get a chance to play on a stage of the caliber of the Eastman.
5: This past Tuesday over at uh, the Little Cafe, I hosted with Paul Noons a, uh, a show that we do called 3 Times 88 in that uh, we had, for the first time, nine performers. Of the nine performers, we had, uh, I believe, four, three or four from the uh, Rochester Music Hall of Fame, and I had three kids, I call them kids, uh, from the Eastman School of Music. Anybody we...
1: compared to us are kids, kids man. That's exactly right.
5: Thanks, Rob. Wait a minute. Sound effect. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> and we had uh, we had uh, two two women, Naomi and Yvonne, and we had Aaron Kurz from the Eastman, who was classical, and they knocked it out of the park. The 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 folks who were at the show that night and, and saw the caliber of music that they did, in the spontaneity and the improvisation and magic was happening. And these kids are just on their game, and they're loving the opportunity to come out and be out of the bubble of the uh, the, the academic environment. They had a blast. And, and one of raised, the other things is very cool. We raise money. We raise money for the law Award.
3: And one of the one of the things that's very cool right now is that there's another generation that's out there already being very very successful. Uh, people like Caitly O'Connor now. She was Caitly Lee Gurnow. She graduated from uh, R.L. Thomas and Webster. She's already won her first Grammy. She's only 26 years old, and I think she won the Grammy two years ago. Uh, Jack Ryan, who has written hit records for uh, Pitbull and One Direction. Teddy Geiger's been writing a lot of uh, hit records for people out in Los Angeles. I mean, it's just a, what we've got for the next generation of people who can get in Law fame, I have that pride where
1: one of the things I watch is Wood songs a lot of times, and I Kate Lee was on it, and I just, mm-hmm. hey, it's Kate Lee, and it's just really cool seeing the evolution and seeing how that talent and comes up. You,
0: and if I may, do you think also a lot of it, because of the success Rochester has, is because of the nurturing nature of the city and the community to the musicians, like you were describing the Lowry Award and giving these high school kids an opportunity to play on such a stage to really fuel the passion like you know so we kind of nurture musicians from the get-go
5: well i'll tell you what i'll I'll jump in first if i could on that because i i went to school for music i was in all the music programs uh going through city schools back in the day and we have never ever never let it um fall to the wayside the programs have always been there the teachers have always been first rate. The instruction has always been great. We were taken to the Eastman Theater as little kids on the bus, and I think they still do this. And you know, I would see Howard Hanson conducting. You know, again back in the Howard Hanson, one of our uh, we one of our right, exactly right, and um, and and it's from a very early age, and it's. Uh, Going to continue, absolutely. Well, I
1: think this is going to be a very good year and a very good show. Cause you want to go through some. Oh, of yeah, the, do we're I think we may as well talk, talk about, about who's, who's
0: who's getting in there this year. Because uh, I looked it up, we have, uh, uh, and I, I apologize in advance if I miss a name, uh, mispronounce a name. I Yeah, want to
1: talk about? we well, just talk about them individually. Yeah,
0: eleven Emmy awards, and apparently is the composer for the Young and the Restless, and the Bold and the Beautiful, the soap operas you see on. What's CBS and NBC. And then I was trying to find a connection. He's a Nazareth graduate, and I believe a Nazareth trustee as well.
3: And a Bishop Kearney graduate. Bishop Kearney Oh, you went to Kearney? Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, see, there you go.
5: Jeez, you're an alumni.
4: He credits
2: yeah. his uh, teacher at Bishop Kearney, uh, Kearney uh, Ray uh, Shaheen. Shaheen, as being the, the big influence in his life. Uh, musically, you know. And then we mentioned before, Al Jardine is going in. Hey,
0: Rob, you have a Good little Al Jardine Anecdote Well I
1: found I Actually Brian Wilson Did his Pet Sounds tour Here he played Actually at the same place You're having the ceremony And it was an incredible show But I happened to stay outside Afterwards and I met G- Al Jardine He signed My favorite Beach Boys album not Pet Sounds It's Sunflower probably Though I love Pet Sounds He signed it And he wrote afterwards How he lived here And he wrote his address down
2: Yeah yeah. Which we have know.
1: a picture We could actually put it up
3: on the
2: show if yeah, you want. we can put it up, yeah. But Jerry can speak to that, because
3: you're... Yeah, because I grew up uh, two houses from him, you know, so he he lived on Parkview Terrace, which is uh, in Somerville, right next to, at, right now, it's the Yacht Club Basin, the Rochester Yacht Club Basin. He grew up on the basin. At the time, it was the Rochester Yacht Club Swamp, because I hadn't dug it out yet, but... Uh, my parents knew his family really well. They they were friends, and and uh, he he left here pretty young, but he actually learned how to play uh, music here. I think his first instrument was the ukulele, and, and he, he learned. He it was here. very
1: proud of. During the show
3: here, he he said very proudly that he lived here. Well, you know, when I was on the road, this was a very cool thing. When because I, I was on the road for quite a while, and every time I would come home, my parents would let me know that. Oh, the Beach Boys played here last week, and Al Jardine walked down the street, you know, and so I never got a chance to meet him because I wasn't around when he was here i was uh, I was always playing someplace else, but I'm really looking forward to getting a chance to meet him this time oh. around so
2: <laughs> and his son's amazing too if
1: you heard in the yeah,
2: son. Mm-hmm. His son sounds like early Brian Wilson. He
1: does. I was I was yeah. actually saying, okay, it was the '60s. There's a lot of free love. Did you really talk to Brian? Because when they played, "Don't Worry, Baby," no, he sounded like early Brian Wilson. <laughs> yeah.
4: That
3: was a good statement. I like that. I, I couldn't help myself. Acceptable.
2: <laughs> well, you know the the thing is, is that you know some of the people who've been critical of what we do, saying that we don't pay enough attention to you know the people from Rochester. Uh, I, Somebody who shall remain nameless, uh, who was wrote about it in the local media, said, uh, Al Jardine lived here for five minutes." Well, that's that's bull because he actually lived here, I think, six years or something. Um, in the early if, 50s, I, ever I re- mean, yep, yeah. <laughs> you have I mean, down. you haven't written down on your <laughs> oh, TV, Yeah, okay. and 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 he credits Rochester with the beginning of his musical uh, his interest in music. So. Well, well,
3: that is that's a really good thing to talk a little bit about because you know we do get some criticism. And the thing that the, the people who do criticize us don't realize is that we're not necessarily a part of the local music scene because we really aren't. You know, we're, we're part of the local music culture. That's a, a, a big distinction because there are a lot of local music scenes here. There's the rock and roll scene. There's a classical scene. There's a jazz scene. There's the Latin scene. There's the hip hop scene. We have all of that. There. I could
1: actually speak to that where I was at the Rachmaninoff
3: concert, which was local. They
1: had the local. I was the Nazareth Ensemble this week. Yep. More of a punk band the other nights, yep. and then more like literally every night there's something different. Yeah,
2: a lot of diversity here, which is fantastic. And so
3: we've was, we've you know we've inducted the Rustics in Wilmer and the Dukes, and you know those were local bands that that. Um, You know, they did well. You know, I I know that, uh, you know, they had uh, at least Wilmer had one hit record. Um, The Rustics had something that was in the top 200, top 100, something like that. They were also one of the first white bands signed to to Motown. So, you know, they had some success outside of Rochester. But when they played in Rochester, they would get 4,000 people at a concert. When they would play, you know, in Pittsburgh... They might get 400 if they were, you know. But these were really solid local bands. And so, you know, we do look at everything on that level. And, um, you know, it, it, it's a matter of taking the time to be able to, you know, get into the Hall it's of Fame. It takes really a while. I hearing
1: the stories, too, because I, I knew some people who knew math. And they tell me how where they would do the old score GDs. But they'd also talk about when they opened the for the Ramones in Boston or in New York, these crowds and everything and how cool it was.
3: Oh, Sure.
2: Yeah. Well, and we try to we try to shake things up too um you know the I think it was the third year we we had our ceremony we inducted the House of Guitars who, you know, really is an iconic music store but also the birthplace of a lot of bands. A lot of bands met at the Hog when they were buying instruments. It's like, "Oh, you play bass? Oh, you play guitar?" Oh, you know, and that and so we were trying to figure out, you know, We put this all-star band together to to honor them, which did include Gene Cornish. Um, But, uh, you know, to open the show, we've always tried to come up with something that's really left of center. We try to throw people a curveball. You know, my original vision for the show was to blend what they do with the um, Kennedy Center Awards and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Kind of, you know, show a film. And and kind of, uh, you know, uh, talk about the people and and then have some kind of a musical thing. So, you know, the Oscars and the Grammys always have these opening musical segments that are really, you know, off the the hook. So for that year, I said, well, I'm trying to think what song has probably been played more times than any other song at the House of Guitars. I said, it had to be Smoke on the Water. I mean it, it, it just the I song, mean every every, every time I walk in that place I hear somebody first. playing that riff, you know? Yeah. So I said, let's let's shake it up and we actually got some great local musicians. We got Jeff Costco and Donnie Mancuso, who who had been in Black Sheep with Lou Graham and stuff, and kind of put an all-star local band together and they opened the show playing Smoke on the Water, just like Deep Purple, very traditional version. And halfway through the song, the doors in the back of the theater opened up and down walked a marching band. And uh, we had a, you know, full-blown, uh, the Empire State marching, whatever they're called. So my, friend,
1: my friend Rob Mount played for New Graham for quite a bit, and he's been playing locally for years. And he told the story about a musician, not from here, but some he said, that's how you got. It. They all went to music stores, and they would, oh, you need this, you need that. That was the connection.
0: Yeah. So that was the House of Guitars for the Rochester one. It was the birthplace
2: of many of the, oh, you're a bass player? Well, I'm looking for a bass player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you know, I, I we all take turns inducting different people, but I, I inducted the hog because I worked there when I was a kid. And, you know, I, I was in high school in the 60s and 70s, and it was great to... To be at that place, I mean, it was like the coolest job in the world. I was, I was a complete music nerd. And my
1: dad taking me down there was one of the biggest trees going down to just explore there when I was a
2: kid. Right. And you know what I said was that you know when you know when I was in high school, you know, around 1970, you know, we we didn't really have youth films. I mean, you saw a James Bond movie. That was like the coolest thing to see. Uh, you know. We didn't really have much television. there weren't youth oriented shows. You might watch a music show like Shindig or Hullabaloo or maybe the see the, or the monkeys <laughs> or see the rock band that was on Ed Sullivan that week. We didn't have video games we didn't have cell phones We didn't have any of that stuff. All we had was music and music was a thing that united everybody back then it's what it's what stopped the vietnam war it's it you know it it, it was the it, it it spurred the sexual revolution it was it was always about music and you know i said you know that was our church uh, the house of guitars that's where we prayed okay cuz we would go in there to worship the music and that's where you did it so it was kind of cool and i think people kind of got that when when we talked about that
5: um turntables and vinyl yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah.
2: but yeah and looking at the
0: the rest of the inductees you're talking a wide breadth of talent, uh, Christine Lavin, Lavin folk singer. Yes. Um, I actually, she's one I've never,
1: actually I've heard, heard of her, but um, I really
2: couldn't
0: explain much about it. Um, I don't,
2: I didn't know a lot about her, but she, she grew up, was born in New York, but moved to the Geneva area, went to a college in Brockport, uh, and has a lot of family in Rochester. And she just got involved in that music scene in the early seventies in Greenwich village, uh, uh where the places that Dylan came out of and all that and and uh was on Rounder Records and had a pretty good career. She's actually done I think it's twenty four yeah, studio I th- albums. I
0: think I think on the website it said she just released her twenty third
1: or twenty
2: fourth uh, about Rounder album.
0: Records a lot. Right. Now my friend Nikayla
5: Davis is yeah, on there now.
1: Big... All these other it seems like it's really good Right. I've
5: actually oh, I'm sorry, I've oh. actually seen Christine perform. She was over at uh, Unitarian on Winton a couple of years back. Uh, my sister was in from Boston, and we all went to, to see her. I did not know of her at that time, and my sister introduced me to uh, to Christine, met her after the show. She's coming back to Rochester to come to the induction ceremony yeah. on the 28th from Boston to see her friend and get inducted. So, well, uh, she
2: I, I think maybe about in the 90s or early 2000s, she organized... Uh, kind of a folk supergroup of folk women. And I think it was kind of in response to what was going on, um, with Sarah McLaughlin's tour there that she had the uh, Lilith fair, but, uh, it was called four bitch and babes and it was her and Patty Larkin and a couple of other female folk singers. And it's still going today. They're not all the original people. Uh, she kind of has a revolving door thing, but uh, she goes out and does that. And mm. then she does her own stuff. And her songs have been cut by a lot of famous people. And, uh, She's very talented, and she's very politically active, so I think uh, that'll shake things up a little bit. Um, yeah. well, you know, cage, rattling. Yeah. cage rattling. Yeah. Cages will you be know, rattled. Some, some of our conservative uh, oh, geez. people may not enjoy what she has to say. You hear the collective
0: gasp yeah, throughout we, the audience.
2: We shall see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then we had uh, Jeffrey Springett. Springett? I'm terrible at names. Promoter at the Red Creek Inn for, what, almost 40 years, and I guess... It was before my time because he stopped doing that in ninety seven. I came to Rochester in two
1: thousand. Yeah. Well there we a lot of like so Penny Arcade yeah. Pithod Club's one. I used to hear lots of stories about scourge. But Red Creek I heard I was there, I heard so many different stories, so many different
3: performers
5: there. What place to be.
3: You probably played well, there, right? I yeah, I have played there I opened up for Livingston Taylor there and then we did a few gigs there with uh you know, with my band Pearl and uh yeah, it was, it was a great place. Uh, one of the things I really love about Red Creek is that there's a Red Creek appreciation page on Facebook where people just say, I saw this famous act at, at, uh, at the Red Creek, and it's just amazing how many people have played there. Harry oh. Dean Stanton
5: played there. He yeah. was
1: really good, and I met him because he's very humble, but he was
5: very good, too. And the mix, the mix of, of artists is unbelievable there was, that went through Red Creek.
2: Well, I'm doing the film now. You know, I, I create these films that we play before each induction. And I sat with Jeff for about two and a half hours last week. And he, his mother and wife, I guess, had done these unbelievable scrapbooks, starting with day one of, you know, everything that was done at Red Creek. And... Um, there you go. you got to shut your phone off. There you Case go. Case of beer for everybody. Yeah. That's why we're part of the random that's, that's the rule. Case Tell of beer Tell me Tell to be on off. this show. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Hall of
3: Fame guy, too, on the phone. Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, he wanted to be <laughs> on, too.
2: Be How did he me.
3: know that we were you know, were doing so it? He wanted to call on. in.
2: Uh, you know, so anyways, I'm doing this uh, meeting with Jeff, and they pull out this scrapbook. And a lot of people don't know. Okay, so he, he gets out of college in the summer of 69, and he's in Martha's Vineyard for the summer. And he said, I just decided to start promoting street dances. And, you know, his family had uh, owned Don and Bob's, and he had a restaurant background. Um, and he goes, uh, I, I did this unknown singer songwriter by the name of James Taylor. And he pulls out this poster from 1969. Uh, you know, and then, and he goes, and here's the one I did the following week, and it was The Velvet Underground with Lou Reed. And it was <laughs> oh like, God. are you kidding me? And and uh, I, I had no idea the scope of his his career. And then, of course, he starts pulling out the scrapbook. And I, I'll just rattle off a few of the people that played Red Creek. David Crosby, and this was after CSNY. This was on one of his solo tours. Greg Allman, Muddy Waters, Professor Longhair... I mean, of course, all the Steve Gadd, Tony Levin stuff, many, many times. Um, he had, uh, uh, you, you just name it. I mean, Jaco Pastorius. Jaco Pastorius. He, he had all kinds of people that were just huge names. I mean, James Brown. I saw James <laughs> Brown at Red Creek. It was like from me to the microphone, I'm standing in front of him. It was amazing. Um, and it, it, what happened is he was a what they call a routing date. So a lot of times you would have James Brown would have a great gig on Friday, Saturday and Sunday and another great gig on Friday, Saturday and Sunday and like one or two shows during the week. And one of them would be Red Creek because it was like, well, I'd rather play for a lot less than what I normally get and, 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 and pay for the hotels and pay for everything. And Jeffrey was smart enough to pick up on that. Because if you look at when these people play, they were always, it was always a Wednesday night or a Thursday night, but it was this amazing talent. I mean, it was Well, you fun.
1: two almost played there, but I guess what yeah. happened was they couldn't do the sound check because they were interrupting
4: dinner. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> yeah, he gave them a choice. He said, you can either make noise, uh, and, and uh, I'm going to, you know, he goes, you can make your noise, but you can't do it during my dinner hour, uh, you know, for the sound check. And they said, well, if we can't do our sound check now, we're, we're leaving, and they left. But... Um, that was one of the few incidents where you know, it didn't quite work out. But uh, And the people that came there, Dylan came there and ate there when he did a show at RIT. Uh, um, I know uh, Frank Zappa came and ordered a steak, right? And, <laughs> For uh, anybody
1: who doesn't know, it's where the McGregors is now and Henrietta
2: down. Thank everybody. you. I was, right, I was wondering orders. where it was. Yeah, and, he, and Frank Zappa came in and ordered a steak, and Jeffrey says, we don't serve steak. So, you know, he had a very eclectic menu, but I have to give Jeffrey credit for two things. He really kind of single-handedly launched the original music scene in Rochester. I mean, before there was a Scorgies or any of those places, people were playing original music at Red Creek, and he did that because he was across the street from RIT. Yep. And the other thing he did that a lot of uh, a lot of people don't, you know, realize is that, you know, he he just uh he would get all these national people to come in, and they he would catch them on the way up of their career. And, of course, Linda Ronstadt did an entire show there with uh, the, the McGarrickle sisters It was a PBS <laughs> yeah, right. special.
5: And international people as well. Robert Fripp, after he had done uh, oh, King of, Crimson, yeah. he was with the League of, uh, League of Gentlemen. Right. right. Sat there. I had a bowl of soup with them I'm Rick surprised Krim. Zappa yeah. didn't
1: say, well, we don't serve steak. Well, I'm not steak. I'm Frank Zappa. Serve me. Yeah, <laughs> Zappa after that's all. true. He
0: he did have
2: that. Well, he just you know he was playing. I think you know in somewhere and he went there to eat. Uh, you know he also you got to remember too they had an eclectic menu too. He also I give Jeffrey credit. He br- he really brought reggae to Rochester. I mean there there wasn't really a big reggae scene at all until Jeffrey started doing that. And of course he had the volleyball going on. He had all kinds of stuff. So it was. It was. A, he really
3: deserves to Talking be Talking about their eclectic menu, I just have to – I was there once, and they were serving pumpkin soup. And yeah. so I said, I've never heard of this stuff. i got to try it. So they served me the pumpkin soup, and some lady walked by my table, said, oh, I wanted to try that, and actually started eating my soup. I mean, you just don't get that in too you're many still restaurants. Alive. Yeah. We're both still alive. Yeah. I, know I of, think yeah. that's
1: a Scottsville thing because I've seen... Actually, right, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I, I do, live though, in Webster. Because <laughs> I remember with the Oatka, they had like a squash or pumpkin soup. I'm not saying that people come up maybe they do come up and try <laughs> your soup. But I mean... a, you,
0: you don't get that at, say, like a Spago or something sure. like that when somebody... Just not, often, no. not often. Not often.
5: Not often. Yeah, well, it got to be a meeting place, too. I mean, they had a, a great bar. They had that spot up front. They had the backgammon tables folks would come in. Backgammon was really, really popular at that time in the 70s and you'd sit and you'd hang and you'd listen to music and it'd be a great well, spot I, to go. I saw
2: a lot of unknown artists that ended up being superstars. I saw Brian Adams there. I saw Joe Walsh, uh, Joe, Joe Jackson uh, right when he came out with uh, Look Sharp. Uh, I mean, just just a spectacular number of people. you know. And he, and he had older bands like the Turtles. They were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, it flowed, you yeah. Know? yeah, it was good. And then the final two, I think, are actually kind of related.
0: WCMF as an as an entity going in, and then the special award for Dave Kane, who I believe has been. And you're going to have some very interesting people
1: coming to play
2: for CMF, aren't you? Yeah. Well, you can talk about that. You know. You talk about that. Well. Yeah. You put that one together. Well, (laughs) we tried. They said, "Look, could you get somebody that fits our format of what is now basically classic rock?" And I said, yeah, I mean, I kind of live in that world, so I, I'm sure I can get to it. And I called everybody. I called Edgar Winner. I called Buck Dharma at Blue Eyes or called I called the singer for Kansas. I called a ton of people. Uh, the, the guy who sings from Boston. They all said, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, but I can't do it that weekend. I'm booked. So uh, I decided to do kind of what we did for the House of Guitars. We put an all-star thing together, and I got Carmine a piece who's in Vanilla Fudge, and played with Rod Stewart and Jeff Beck, and... Uh, Ozzy, Um, we got Tony Franklin on bass who's played with Pink Floyd, Whitesnake and uh, he was in a group called The Firm with Jimmy Page and Paul Rogers Um, I I was able to get Bumblefoot uh, who was in Guns N' Roses for 8 years, his name is Ron Thal. he's phenomenal Um, and he's going to be the new guitarist in Asia which is a band I uh, co-manage and then uh, a local guy who has been living in Toronto for 30 years, Phil Naro on vocals and our own Andy Calabrese from Primetime Funk will play the keyboards, so they're going to do kind of a medley. Of, I don't think I've heard of him, but he's probably pretty good. He's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I think so, that guy
0: he might be pretty good.
1: He's we're going
2: to do. Uh, nice they're they're going to do some Guns and Roses. They're going to do Here I Go Again from Whites.
1: Carmen a piece. I've just been reading his book, and if you haven't read it, it's a hoot. Tell him that if you see him there, because it's really just Slept
2: stories. With, Slept with 4,500 women. <laughs> Oh According my goodness, to him. But he's
1: had the rock and roll life, I'll tell you. Good Lord. And the thing I have to say from all you young folks out there listening, that you have to remember: these days you can get music everywhere, but back in the day when you were my age, like ninety or so, like in the nineteen seventies, you had to go look for it. And CMF was really different. I remember Spark Hicks. The one the DJ, yeah. But you would turn that on; they would play whole albums. They would just freeform it, and you couldn't. And the get biggest, it. They used to have
3: live concerts on CMF yeah, oh, all the time yeah. really too. Really did. They and they were your phenomenal. Your King Biscuit Flower Hour, I remember that one. Well, totally. no, they they these were local original yeah. acts that they would put on the air. Late night your would, studio, and, yeah, right at their studio, and uh, um, I got to do three of them. And what blows me away is I listen to them now, and the quality, the recording quality, was really outstanding. I mean, to this day, they still sound really good.
5: The things that you could do back back then, you know, Rob, you had mentioned that you had to go out and search it. I recall in my CMF story uh, years ago. Emerson Lake and Palmer coming on the scene. They were just putting out uh, pictures at an exhibition. A friend of mine had secured the first copy that hit Rochester. It hadn't even hit the, the, the stores yet. It hadn't hit the studios. You mentioned spark kicks. You could call the guys up on the phone, talk. Hey, yeah, come on down. Now I lived around the corner from Leighton Street. One o'clock in the morning, we get in a car, we go down to the studio. We got, we got... Oh, he, oh, he used right, to, uh, yeah, I know that, I know we, that. Your brother, Mark, Mark yeah, and yeah. I did a concert at CMF. Uh, we were playing mini-mugs and whatnot. So, yeah, we, sp- we, we, we spun... Uh, Pictures in an exhibition for the first time in Rochester with spark kicks in the middle of the night at WCMF Studios. And I won my Street. only
1: time I ever won concert tickets was to the New Riders of the Purple Sage and the Outlaws in Buffalo. from They said be number five or something caller, and I just called them up in one. So <laughs> I had my mom go up to the studio and pick them up.
2: <laughs> well, t- 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 if I can just jump in here, two stories on that. First of all, in CMF, they were the first. Uh, they started in 1969, so their 50th anniversary. They were actually started by a bunch of engineers from General Dynamics. Those were the guys that originally uh, got the thing up and going. Uh, But what was interesting, they're one of five radio stations in the United States that has never changed its name or never changed its musical format. They've played basically rock and roll, uh, album-oriented rock and roll since 1969. And there's only five stations in the United States that have kept that uh, the same format and the same call letters, so I think that the you well know that's deserve, quite an achievement. Yeah. But uh, just I got to jump in on your Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer story because I I've, I've been involved in the management of the band since the '90s. Uh, the funny story about uh, picture the exhibition is, of course, it was the first time a rock band recorded a complete classical, classical piece of yeah. work. And of course, Carl and and Keith both went to the Royal Academy in London, and they were classically trained guys. Keith and, and Carl both had a lot of jazz. Greg was in King Crimson. They had a lot of classical influence and they had the Mellotron and all that stuff. So they do this thing and they walk into Ahmed Erdogan's office in Atlantic and said, This is it. We've done this whole thing and we recorded it live in Newcastle. And this is it. The entire picture to an exhibition done in a rock format. And it's going to open up the world of classical music to young kids. And Ahmed Erdogan said, I can't do that. I can't sell this record. <laughs> I can't do anything with this. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just, you know, you're Swing still animals. under contract. Go back and make me a, a, a typical Emerson, Lake, and Palmer album. So not knowing what to do, they went back to England, and, you know, they, they did what he asked. They they made an album called Trilogy. But while they did that, they had this record that they couldn't get released in the United States. In England, it got picked up by Island Records. It sold 50,000 copies as an import in the United States. Okay, and the minute that happened, they get a call from Ahmed Erdogan he says, uh, you know that classical thing you had? Uh, I think we're going to put that out. Well, lo and behold, Plus, uh, it ended up selling 4 million copies wow. in the United that States. That piece
1: saved a lot of people's ears, too, because I tried to play piano, and I tried that piece, and I bombed it, so I quit, so everybody was saved <laughs> from my horror playing. <laughs> but the, but the, tell, let's plug time, the event. Tell us yes, about this, everything. Yeah. I let's, wrote it. everything. Where do
0: you get tickets? Where do you do well, all the fun stuff? The website is rochestermusic.org. That's correct. And so check that out. The details are Sunday, April the 28th, 7 o'clock at Kodak Hall at the Eastman Theater. Well done. It is the class of 2019 entering the Rochester Music Hall of Fame.
2: Sounds like it's going to be one hell of a show. Yeah, Uh, I can tell you right now there's going to be about 25 songs in the show. So if you want to go and hear a lot of music, that's where you should go.
1: And I'm telling you, again, support your local music. And you never know. You see a band out there. I can just mention a few. Maybird, Michaela Davis, these young talents around here. And one day you will see them up on that stage. I, and I you'll know, say, hey, I saw them.
2: <laughs> I don't know anything about Michaela. Everybody's been talking about her. I've got to go check her well, out. She's a
1: really good friend
2: of mine, so I have to keep looking.
1: Well, at her. what, what oh, kind of... Oh, she's a talent. She's, she's doing talented.
5: original. Uh, I'll jump in on that. She's doing original stuff in and, uh, and the new style that, that, that they're doing. She's a harpist. She's classically trained, I believe. She went to Fredonia. Uh, Crane School. Crane School. Crane, for, yeah. Potsdam, damn, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. for Jack. And a very good artist. And she is um, a phenomenal singer. Her album, uh, "Delivery." Delivery
1: and The thing yeah. about her music, if you go from her first album to now, and <clears throat> she's only just turned 27, April 9th, that the the, the evolution of the way her playing is—it's amazing. Everything she brings in—it's one of those things where you can't wait to see what she does next.
0: Happy belated birthday, Michaela.
5: Yeah, she's bringing in some really, really good local folks. Alex Cote is playing yeah. with her, and um, you, you I mean, would
2: you would you call it popular music? It's I mean, kind of
5: hard. It's harp. It's sort of a mix of it's rock. pop. Every
1: I mean, you got to, a band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Southern Star, and they're very yeah. good. Keen McCarthy, Shane McCarthy, Alex Cote, yeah, and right. a lot of them are, you know, local. But I would just <clears> say, <throat> give her a listen and tell because I'm really not good at describing anything like that.
2: Yeah, I, I got to check her out because I've, I've heard her name now a million times. And... Well, well I have to the do records, a little this is a pretty
3: selective uh, record company. I have to yeah. do a
1: little
2: payola for this because I've
1: known her for, we've been friends for six years and I have to promote my friends on this show. Well, <laughs> but they're true. all good, I promise hey, you. They're, they're all good. Sh- that's the show. thing.
0: Find her on YouTube and it is very good. So, once again, rochestermusic.org, April the 28th, 7 o'clock at Kodak Hall. Man, thanks, guys. Thank you. And we went to play played oh, yeah. we'll and Andy
1: Calabrese guy yeah, in Primetime Funk. we're going
0: to throw to a track from the, what is it, the Rochester Music Hall of Fame house band, band. Primetime prime time time funk. funk. Yeah. The song is Been There, Done That off the album Here and Now. Here as in, you're going to hear this song right now on that horrible pun. I think we should end. Guys, that was a pleasure. Yes, thank, thank you. you Hopefully very much. the show goes really well. And it will.
2: Yeah, make everybody. Sure you keep,
0: come. Everybody keep tabs on who else. Let's is, just hope it's Rochester's win. not like a blizzard. Exactly. <laughs> so, for all of us here at the carnival and the Rochester Music Hall of Fame, thank you. And Good nighty-night. nighty uh. night.
4: ¡Ay!